You're listening to sermon audio from Grace Mosaic, a congregation of the Grace DC Network in Northeast DC. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org. I remember a moment that changed the way I thought about names for the rest of my life. So I was um, at an African dance class, and the instructor was teaching us about the significance of a name. He was telling us a little bit about African culture. And he, he told us this. He says, when you introduce yourself, he says, never say, my name is. He said, no, 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 no. He said, whenever I introduce myself, I say, I am. He says, because your name is just, it is not just a name. Your name has significance. It was given to you by your parents to tell others and yourself who you are. And so he made us go around the room and he made us, you know, say kind of like with, with authority and, 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 and with unction. He made us, you know, say, I am and then our name. You know, so as we went around, you know, I said, I am Cyril. And so my name actually, uh, you know, when it says Christ the Lord, um, it's a derivation of the Lord. Uh, Cyril means lordly or masterful. So when I say, I am Cyril... You know, we, we, we typically don't think about names in this way that deeply in our culture, but I'm saying I am lordly. I am masterful like my lord. Your name means something. Can, can we try something this morning? Can, can, can we do that same exercise? Can we for a second yell out I am on, on three and just say your name? One, two, three. I am Cyril. That's good. What this does is it reminds us that our names tell us and others about who we are. And some, you know, oftentimes in, in Christian circles, we realize this. We name our children meaningful names and names that have deep significance to who we want them to be and to their place within our family and within God's family. And the Bible tells us that oftentimes a name was kind of like a prophetic proclamation of the children over, of the parents over their children. And oftentimes, God changed people's names as, their, as his relationship with them changed, which is why sometimes you, you'll see in one place, you know, someone's name like Abram, and then their name Abraham. He's like, what happened there? You know, God changed their name. But here's a question you may never thought of. What is God's name? What is God's name? What is the word, what is the phrase that captures who he is to himself and to us? And, you know, we oftentimes call God, God, and you know, we're like, what's God's name? I guess God's name is God, you know. But God's, God's name is not God. God is a title. But what is God's name? So in our passage today, God introduces himself to Moses because Moses was in need of God's name. Uh, God's people was in need of his name. And you are in need of God's name. You see, God called Moses on a really scary mission, much like the mission that we're, uh, that, that we're called to. It's scary, like what we talked about last week. Moses was supposed to go and preach good news to his people who were under the oppression of Pharaoh. He was supposed to preach salvation to them. He was supposed to tell them that God is going to save you from the most powerful empire of the day. In other words, Moses was going to go share his faith. But in order for his mission to be successful, he needed to hear God's name. Family, as you go share your faith with your neighbors, with your coworkers, with your family, your friends, you need to know God's name. Because just like Moses, 
we're scared and we're doubtful. Like, Lord, who am I to go and share Jesus with my neighbors? Who am I? And also we're doubtful of what to even actually say to our neighbors, just like Moses. Moses like, hey, what am I going to tell him your name is? And in many ways, we're the same way. Like, who, like, what am I going to say to my neighbors about God? In the midst of your fears and your doubts, you need to know God's name. You need it for yourself to go into the mission, and you need it for your neighbors to tell them who God is. So this is the whole sermon right here. This is it. God's name is essential. It's the whole point. God's name is essential. So in order for our mission to be successful, you need God's name. Now, let's look at how God's name functions in the mission of God. So first, God's name comes into our need. God's name comes into our need. And we see this in the first 10 verses. So God's people, the Israelites, a.k.a. the Hebrews, they are under harsh slavery in Egypt. And so at one point, uh, uh, Egypt sought to kill all of the male babies who were born, but Moses' mother saved him by finessing him into the Egyptian royal family. So Moses was raised free by the oppressors, but he had a deep connection with the oppressed, God's people. And so when Moses was 40 years old, he went to go see his people's misery for the first time. He said, let me go out and visit my people coming, coming out from the comfort of the palace. And when he went out to go visit his people, his kinsmen, he saw an Egyptian killing a Hebrew. Now, no one was there to save the man, so Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the Egyptian's body. And, y'all, this was a huge crime against Pharaoh. So the next day, Moses was out, and he saw a Hebrew killing another Hebrew, and he tried to stop him. And Acts chapter 7, verse 25 tells us that Moses thought his people would follow him and his leadership into freedom. Moses was saying, this is it. I'm going to free my people. He, he felt the burden for his people. But the Hebrew basically said to him when, when Moses tried to, you know, break up the fight, he says, you aren't our leader. Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Moses, two things. First of all, Moses knew the word was out about what he did. Essentially, his people snitched on him. Pharaoh was looking to kill Moses. And then second thing, he knew that his people were not behind them. They weren't ready for his leadership. So Moses went into exile. He ran away. He was rejected by both the oppressed and the oppressor. His people was not ready for his leadership. So he went to Midian, and he built a life there for 40 years. He, this is just an aside. Have y'all ever failed and just waited for 40 years to try it again? <laughs> like, God was really marinating Moses. So just, 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 just if, you, if you're discouraged that things are taking too long, just look at the life of the biblical characters. Um, and this 80-year-old exiled Hebrew failed freedom fighter would have a divine encounter. You see, as Moses was caring for his sheep, he had a family by then. He had a whole place within Midian. Um, he, he was connected in, in, in that area. And God comes and disrupts his life. God comes down and appears to Moses in a burning bush. God then goes on to tell Moses that in response to the Israelites' outcry, God will rescue them from the land of slavery and bring them into a land of freedom. God's like, hey, you remember what you tried 40 years ago and you failed and brought you here? Let's go do it again. 
So why was God concerned about the Israelites' freedom? Because God had promised uh, in, in the previous book in Genesis to multiply them, to bless them, to give them a fruitful land, and he had promised to bless the whole world through Israel. And that couldn't happen as long as they were under the oppression of the Egyptians. And really kind of the book of Revelation, really the whole Bible kind of teaches us how to see this with spiritual eyes. You, you, you might be wondering, you know, um, a lot of times we see salvation as purely spiritual. You remember I talked about on the, I think that the first time I was with you all that like the ancient Near Easterners, they saw all of the world as deeply spiritual. So Pharaoh was really an instrument of the serpent from Genesis 3. The book of Revelation tells us that the dragon, a.k.a. the serpent, is always trying to use political and governmental powers to crush everything that is true and good and beautiful in the world, especially God's people. All throughout the biblical story, Satan is seeking to use governmental powers to crush God's people. So what's happening here is Moses is just not sent to free them from slavery. He's, he's sent to free them from the political uh, evil dominion of Satan himself. You see, the devil was oppressing the Israelites in two ways. One, the devil used Egypt to oppress them outwardly. And this was working against God's promises to them. Second, the devil oppressed them inwardly in their hearts. They had lost a sense of God and his justice. You remember how they had rejected Moses? So they were killing each other and rejecting Moses. They needed someone who would deliver them not only from Pharaoh, but from their own hardness of hearts. Family, the Israelites needed God's name. And we also need God's names because we are people who are also facing inward and outward oppression from Satan himself that comes from the evil spiritual powers. Remember how we talked about the first week that there's this thing called the world? The devil is the ruler of this world, and he's using everything to crush God's people. We don't really see it as much right now because Christians in America are kind of comfy. But if you kind of zo zoom out and look at global Christianity, you see exactly what's happening there. It actually makes me kind of scared sometimes. I'm like, why aren't Christians in America feeling the crushing weight of Satan? Maybe it's because we're too close to it. I don't know. That's, that's just a little, little tidbit. That's what I've been praying through lately. But anyway... They needed God's name to be freed in every way. But the second thing, God's name is essential to the mission. And we see this in verses 10 through 15. God's name is essential to the mission. So in verse 10, God tells Moses, not only am I going to rescue them and lead them to a new land, from a land of slavery to a land of freedom, to a land that is opposed to God's promises and to a land that is for God's promises. He's like, but I'm going to send you to do it, Moses. Moses would be their way out of the, uh, 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 of the, slave, uh, of the land of slavery into the promised land. And right here, can you imagine how Moses felt in this moment? He was probably having like a flashback. He probably had a panic attack. He was like, God, what are you doing? I already tried this already. And Moses begins to express his own sense of inadequacy. He tells God, who am I to do this? God called Moses the exiled 80-year-old failed freedom fighter who was raised, check this, he wasn't only, he was raised in Pharaoh's household to go lead the enslaved Hebrews. God, God is funny. He always picks the least likely person. <laughs> right, right, right. 
He's like, I want Moses to be in the ex- every, it reminds me of Paul, it reminds me of, of all the biblical characters. Like, I want them to be the, in the most weak, in the most foolish position, because that way I get all the glory. And this is when God starts to reveal his own name. He starts to kind of tell Moses what his name means. I love how God is. God is artful. God's kind of like a poet. God kind of starts doing spoken word on his name. He starts slowly leading Moses into the, into the climax where he finally reveals his name. But he starts by telling Moses the meaning of his name, not necessarily his name, but the meaning of it. God tells Moses, you can do this because he says, I will be with you. He says, I will be with you. Then God basically says, don't believe me? Here's the proof. When you actually go to them, the evidence is, will be that you will worship me on this mountain. You, you will leave this mountain to go to them alone, but when you come back, you will come back with your people. Right. Y'all, isn't that powerful? God's like, try me out. And then God starts to give us more about his name. Moses then asks another question. When I tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me, and then they ask me what your name is, what will I tell them? And then God kind of gives Moses a variation on his name. You know, if we use our imaginations, God gives Moses his nickname. God says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. What does this mean? The book of Revelation helps us out here. Uh, In and, and, and Revelation chapter 1, verse 4, uh, the author says, John says, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was, and who is to come. The author is saying, God is the one who is always with his people. He has always been with his people, he is with his people, and he will be with his people to be with them, to deliver them, and save them. He's telling Moses, you cannot understand me until you understand that I have been, and that I am, and that I will be. All of, all of God's power, all of his wisdom, all of his goodness, all of his faithfulness, all of his justice, all of his unchangeableness, all of his limitlessness will be with his people to deliver them. Even when things are dark, even when our backs are against the wall, God will make a way, like we just sang. And then finally, God gives Moses his name. He says this, he tells Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Yahweh means he will be. Did y'all know whenever you see all caps, uh, the Lord in all caps in your Bible, that's basically God's name? There's a long story behind it, but basically um, they, the, the God's name was so weighty to them, they didn't want to say it, so they would just say Lord instead. And like, so in your Bibles, they just put all caps, Lord. But that's God's name. The Lord God, that's, that's basically Yahweh God. That's his name and then his title. God declares that his name is to be used forever from generation to generation to remind his people that God has always been with them and God has, will always be with them. And family, isn't this good news for us sitting here today? That God's name is Yahweh? You need, this Moses, you, you, you need this name for yourself, just like Moses did. God is with you in your day-to-day struggles and your day-to-day walk. God and all of his power and all of who he is is with you. Oftentimes when we say, God be with us, I sometimes feel like we lose the power of that. It's almost like God is like, um, like he's with us and makes us feel better, 
but like we, we, we lose sight of the fact that God is not, is, 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 like actually does stuff when he's with us. Like when God said, Moses, I will be with you, it wasn't like I'll hold your hand while you do, while you do this, but you're basically doing everything. God's like, nah, like I'm doing this. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to move. I'm going to, like when God said I'm with you, what that meant is that he's sending plagues. What that meant is he's turning the Nile to blood. What that meant is he's flipping things upside down. What that meant is that as Pharaoh continued to fight against him, God kept on leveling up the pressure and eventually sent the angel of death. God is like, when I'm with you, that means I'm going to war. That's what it means that he's with us. Have you ever thought about that when we pray for God to be with us? God, will you stand beside me and go to war against evil with me? God, will you war against evil in my own life and in my own heart? Will you war against evil out of my neighborhood and in my city? God, will you go and smite down the evil powers and authorities and principalities that keep this world crushed? That is what we are praying when we say, God, be with us. <laughs> I once, uh, this has been in my mind. I was like, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. I was like, I once, I, I once was, we, we, I was in like a Bible study on this passage, and someone, one of my good friends says like, yo, God is like your gangbanging older brother. Like, you know what I mean? Like basically kind of saying like, you know, no one, no one will mess with you because of who they know you're connected with. Like don't mess with her because you know her older brother is crazy. Like he will come and get you. It's like the Israelites, like God is like, is like that God who's like, I'm the supreme God. Do not mess with my people because I am coming to fight on their behalf. I will crush evil. I saw some of y'all like, whoa. So I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, maybe I should have kept that one in here. I kept that for a different context. I said that at Howard, maybe. Um, but all right, Christian, <laughs> go out and share God's name with your neighbors. When you're looking at all the darkness all around us and in us, when you don't know what to say to your neighbors, when you are wondering if you are actually adequate, and when you're wondering if the situation is impossible, God is with you right here in Northeast D.C. Because God's name is Yahweh. This means you are not powerless. He will accomplish the defeat of evil and the freedom of his people from sin in all of its forms. And remembering his name gives you courage and hope in this life. This looks like opposing all evil and injustice wherever and however you find it. This looks like telling people that King Jesus reigns and that he can transform their lives. It looks like loving people and your neighbors sacrificially, even when isolation is the, is the culturally acceptable thing to do. It looks like worshiping God publicly, out in the open, even when it's scary. It looks like rejoicing even when you have every reason to despair. It looks like having confidence, knowing that your God is always working for your good. This is what it means for your God's name to be Yahweh. But see, there's a problem with Moses' ministry. You see, Moses' ministry eventually led to the freedom of the Israelites and their settlement in the Promised Land, but eventually the Israelites fell back into similar oppression over and over again because they never dealt with the evil in their own hearts. God was with them, but they needed a ministry that was greater than Moses' ministry. Yahweh said, you know what? I've saved them from Egypt, but God's like, I'm going to have to do another exodus. God's like, next time, I'm not, I can't just send Moses. I can't just send a servant. I'm going to have to come and do it myself. 
And Yahweh came to be a human so that he could be the new and better Moses. And in order to understand the name of Yahweh, you have to understand two other names. You see, Matthew tells us in his gospel uh, that Yahweh came and took on the name Jesus, which means deliverance. And Yahweh came and took on another name. He came and took on the name Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. You see, Jesus' name is God's name. It's, this, it's basically the same name as Yahweh. And not only that, but Jesus gives us more. In the same way that we just shouted, you know, I am Cyril, Jesus comes down to the earth and he shouts out several I am's. You see, Jesus does the same thing in his ministry. God's name is I am, and he is so good that in Jesus, he gives you multiple variations of his name that you need for the mission and that your neighbors need. You see, when you go out to share your faith, tell your neighbors that you know somebody named the bread of life. You see, Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. In the midst of hunger, Jesus brings satisfaction. You see, when you go out to share your faith, tell your neighbors that you know somebody named the light of the world. See, Jesus declares, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. In the midst of hopelessness, Jesus brings the hope of God. In the midst of darkness, Jesus brings light. And that's what you are carrying to your neighbors. You see, when you go out to share your faith, tell your neighbors that you know somebody named the door. See, Jesus declares, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. For a world that is so desperate to have access to the blessings of God, Jesus comes to show them a way. You see, when you go out to share your faith, tell your neighbors that you know somebody named the Good Shepherd. Jesus declares, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. To those who are lost and without a way in the world, Jesus comes and brings awesome and loving leadership as our shepherd. You see, when you go out and share your faith, Tell your neighbors, hey, I know somebody named the resurrection and the life. Jesus declares, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. In the midst of death all around us and in us, Jesus comes to bring life. You see, when you go out to share your faith, tell them you know somebody the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus declares, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And for those who are looking for access to God, to the Father, Jesus is the path forward. You see, when you go out to share your faith, tell your neighbors that you know somebody named the vine. Jesus declared, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. For those looking for life transformation, Jesus is the plug into life. Family, you need God's name. God's name means that God is with us and will deliver us, both us and our neighbors. So family, I want to invite us to take courage in God's name, to realize that God is with us. He is for us. As we go out to do the really scary and ridiculous and, and uncomfortable work, of loving people and serving people, and as we're doing that, we're telling them about Jesus, we're inviting them to church, we're inviting them to Bible study, we're, we're telling them about the hope that is within us. 
I pray that we would take courage that God is moving. He's moving to make war against the sin in our own hearts, the sin in our neighbors' hearts. He's battling to restructure and wreck their lives with the love of God. He's flipping our neighborhoods and our cities upside down because God is at work. So will you go out with his name and declaring his name? Amen. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Grace Mosaic. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org.